0: I'll, I'll remember. Everyone
1: looking forward to next week talking into the same type of mic I have? Yeah. Yes. Assuming I not only get them, but have time to set them
2: all up. Okay. That is true. Yeah. What,
0: well. what's, what's and the-
2: bolt them all to the table so they don't all fall over. Yes. Well, that's part of setting
1: them
3: up.
2: Yep. We're becoming very, very high tech here. New mm. microphones. We're,
3: we're not becoming high tech. We're just getting the proper tech.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's we're it. becoming high techer. <laughs> what, what's
2: this? Oh, that's a letter that I got. Well, yes. uh,
0: that I uh, duh
2: from <laughs> a person in Azerbaijan. Oh, and he sent me some chicken stamps.
3: Ah, oh. yes. So we, hey, we,
1: Azerbaijan, isn't that in your uh, theme song?
2: Yeah. So uh-huh. I want to uh, give a shout out to Max in Azerbaijan. We have aren't, a worldwide aren't we, audience. Aren't we
3: supposed to do that during the We've Got Mail uh, section?
2: Yeah, we could.
1: Well, Don preempted the entire show by starting now. Oh,
2: man. Oh,
0: man. Uh, I just I was sitting here looking. What's the things?
2: Oh, just as a note, he also says, P.S. congrats with your newly elected president, even if you don't like him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, I don't know him.
2: Congrats uh, or condolences. (laughs) It's not that bad to change your residency from time to time. Well, personally, I voted for him, so I'm not going anywhere. But I understand where everybody is coming from. And thank you very much for the chicken stamps, because they are truly fantastic. They're from Azerbaijan. There's one. You know,
3: you know, that one, uh, the small souvenir sheet. I I would have bought that if I'd seen that sitting oh, yeah. out, on a, out on a dealer's table. Those
0: are not chickens. There's, yeah, a, there's uh, a chicken. There's there. a chicken. On
3: yeah. this
2: one, there's a duck, a turkey, a chicken, a pheasant, another duck, and a small quail. Looks like a quail. But the uh, souvenir sheet, I'll take a picture of this and put it on the Facebook. Please do. But there is a neat little 1M. I don't know what uh, currency they use, but it's a very, very cool looking... Chicken family, because it's got the <laughs> the cock, the hen, and five little chicks. So or six little chicks. There's one hidden here under the wing. So it's a whole chicken family.
0: Aww, Aww. thank you, that- Mac. I'm just gonna count. Would Would you like the Festivus Paul to whack cash with? <laughs> you know, there's one at home too. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna count it down. Five, four, three. Two, one. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful?
1: I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps.
0: Oh. oh, 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 oh.
1: This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales.
0: Rufus,
3: what are you thinking of?
1: Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stand collecting. No, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that.
2: Yeah, but
1: it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so
0: terribly lonely.
3: All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining.
0: or oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists.
3: You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm
2: tired of dumbing myself down for you.
1: I'm Spain and two from Japan. I got a couple from
3: Israel and Azerbaijan. I got a planet from Poland, but none from Sudan. I'm from Fiji or Uzbekistan. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.
0: Welcome to Stamp Show here today, episode 104. I'm Cash, and for us
2: geeks out there, there was an original Dungeons and Dragons in the first printing wood grain box that sold on eBay for $22,100. Well,
3: I guess that really does make them a geek. <laughs> I wouldn't pay anywhere near that. Mm-mm. I'm
1: Scott. This is Tom, but if you had the money burning a hole in your pocket, you'd probably pay that much for a stamp that you really wanted in your collection.
3: No, I'd probably pay off my car first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if,
1: your car, if you had money burning a hole in your pocket, one would figure your car was already paid off.
0: Just saying. You would think. Mm. And I'm your host, Don. Now, Cash posted a picture of me on Facebook, and someone responded, Don? question mark? dragon stamps question mark are you the host of stamp show here today yes that is me not my best photograph but yes that is me darn it now i have to check out facebook Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was um looking at my collection and i we had just come back from the stamp show and i had my granddaughter with me too and she got started her collection and when I wasn't looking, he snapped a picture and put it on Facebook. I could have shot him. <laughs> because these things need to be... Thank you. Because these things need to be cleared before they go on Facebook. Because I, 90% of the time, I hate the picture. And the other 10, I just don't like it. <laughs> Welcome to Facebook. Mm-hmm. So what your granddaughter collect?
3: Uh, Grand- m- grandmas on stamps? mm
0: Uh, Right now Well At the stamp show She got uh, What was it Um, She had a a choice between Disney Oh yeah Or um, Baseball Or baseball And she chose baseball Cool So she's uh, Yeah she's starting to collect And I Think I'm gonna probably Contribute to that
1: Now we need Disney characters
2: Playing baseball Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they are there I was just surprised. But she are they looked. on stamps?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. I was very surprised that she went with uh, baseball instead of Disney. I thought you know, girl equals Disney. Nope, <laughs> not not mine.
1: Well, Aileen collects all the science-related stuff, all the nature stuff, mm-hmm. plants and animals and things like that. Well, well that's
3: because you have don't have a boy to dig around and bring home bugs.
1: <laughs> I have a girl that does all that. I don't need
3: a boy to do. To that's do it. what I said.
0: Yeah, that's, see, that's what Evelyn would probably like, too. All the dinosaurs and, you know, things like that. Oh, yeah, she would. So this week, we honor John Glenn, and we talk about the Zeppelins and the Goodyear Blimp.
2: Yeah, also on a side note, I was looking at our statistics, and this was just kind of interesting. 30% of the people who listen to this podcast listen on their cell phones. And I thought that was kind of odd.
3: Well, because, like, we never have our cell phones with us.
2: Well, no, I was... (laughs) Well, one of the things is, like, I listen in my car.
3: And you don't have your cell phone with you.
2: Well, no, I have my cell phone, and then I put it... I Bluetooth it into my car. Yeah. So So you're
1: still listening to it on your cell phone.
2: Yeah. Which is what I do with mine. How do you listen to yours? Do you just listen to it on the phone, or...?
0: It depends. If I'm in the car, I listen to it on my phone. If I'm in the office or at home, I listen to it on uh, my uh, my computer.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what I sort of expect. Well,
1: like I have a Bluetooth speaker in my kitchen. I plug my phone into my charger and put on Pandora and we'll listen to music in the kitchen. And yeah. There's no such thing as a radio in my house anymore.
0: Yeah. hmm Yeah, same here. You put together playlists. I'm,
1: yeah, I'm listening through my phone.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So how many listeners are we at?
2: Uh, We are at about 17,000 listeners right now. Thank you, people. Or 17,000 listens. That's a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are up from 15. uh, We were at 15 in August and in uh, October we're at 17. So thank you very much. If you want to support the podcast, tell other people and always hit the subscribe button.
0: By the way, everyone, on January 9th, we will have a special guest again, Richard Lehman. He will discuss the stamp market as well as the stock market and why the market went up after Trump was elected. Will the stamp market follow the same path? Also, we may be missing a recording date on December 26th, so there will be one missing week of stamp show here today. So, clutch your comfort animal, and we will be back on normal weekly schedule on January 2nd.
2: Well, we might not, too. Yeah, we may may be here. We may not. We're not certain. So what you're saying is we're flaky? We're flaky. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I'll tell you what. I know someone who will be in the office for sure.
0: Oh, Mm yeah. Yes. Yeah, Marcel will be here. Oh, yeah.
3: Absolutely. We are welcoming Marcel from the Netherlands.
0: I'm looking forward to meeting him. On this day in history... John Glenn died on December the eighth. Now John Glenn was an American aviator, engineer, astronaut, and United States Senator from Ohio. Oh. Oh my gosh. Boy, that gave you the chills, didn't it? Oh yeah, you can play that part where I go, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna do it. Thank you. (laughs) Never mind. No, no, just you know what, just by that expression (gasps) Yes! Oh! Yes! yeah. Oh! You guys suck. <laughs> John Glenn died on December the 8th. John Glenn was an American aviator, engineer, astronaut, and United States Senator from Ohio. In 1962, he became the first American to orbit the Earth. Glenn was one of the Mercury 7 group of military test pilots selected in 1959 by NASA to become America's first astronauts. On February twentieth, 1962, he flew the Friendship 7 mission and became the first American to orbit the Earth and the fifth person in space. In 1998, while still a senator, he became the oldest person to fly in space. He's also the first politician in space.
3: Well, technically, he wasn't a politician yet when he was in space. No,
2: he was. He was a senator when he... uh, Went up. He was the oldest person ever to be in space and the oldest senator to be in space and the oldest politician to be in
3: space. Not the first time he went up. No, the second time.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the second
3: time maybe, but not the first time.
2: Yeah.
1: No, it's well, that's when he was on the um,
3: space shuttle crew, wasn't it? Right. Right. You know what a politician in
0: space is? A, a good start. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard this one. <laughs> lawyer jokes. Okay. My daughter's going to be a lawyer. I have an arsenal. John Glenn has been on many stamps of the world, including Romania. For U.S. collectors, you will have to settle for stamps of the events he participated in, like the 1962 Project Mercury four-cent stamp, which celebrates John Glenn's mission.
3: Interesting fact about that stamp is that the post office prepared it in secret because they didn't know if his mission was going to be a success.
2: Oh, that's a good
0: point. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, the early uh, space missions, yeah. So they
3: only they only released it when he came back to mm-hmm. Earth,
0: because otherwise it would have been awkward.
3: Yes.
1: Well, it's just like don't they have like World Series or Super Bowl shirts for both teams? Yeah, they're already imprinted, and it's just surprise which one you're going to get.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Newsweek that printed the Hillary for Hillary uh, Madam President.
0: Oh, yeah. magazines. About oh. that. Uh-huh. And
3: they were so sure that she was going to win, they didn't bother to print the Trump.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Mr. <laughs> yeah. President. Oh, I
2: thought they uh-huh. printed both. No. Oh, <laughs> they had them.
3: They had them both mocked up, but they only printed the Hillary one because they were so sure she was ah. going to win. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, luckily, they were correct. Oh, wait. Never mind.
0: <laughs> Cash, I have to ask do we actually Surprise,
2: surprise, no. surprise.
0: We need... You can get one that's cheap. Exactly, Gomer. With, with the postmark from Cape Canaveral? Yeah. They all have that. Yes.
1: Did that a little too good, did I?
3: You did. That was very good.
0: (laughs) Alan Shepard has just been honored with a space stamp pair. I suspect that John Glenn will follow shortly. Have they changed the rules for living people on stamps?
2: I know that he's not living, but uh, it used to be that you used to have to be dead for a certain amount of time before you could be on a stamp. Well, technically they changed the
3: rules, but they still haven't issued a stamp for a living person yet. Well, I think... To, to honor th- them. Yeah. To honor them. So, he... But I do think they shortened the time that they have to wait from 10 years to five years. I think they, they shortened it. But then, what difference does it make if you can picture a living person on a stamp?
2: Right. No, that's what I'm saying, but... But I think a stamp
3: uh, honoring somebody, they, they want to make sure that the legacy is going to hold up. Excuse me. They want to make sure that the legacy is going to hold up to scrutiny.
2: Yeah. Or they were debating putting living people on. And people brought up Michael Jackson because he certainly would have gotten a stamp. And then years later, you know, you could have a collection of pedophiles on stamps and, you know, you could have some people who are arrested for criminal activity and you can have, you know, corrupt politicians on stamps and stuff like that. So obviously they want to avoid that sort of thing. and that's why they always had the time period afterwards after you die we have like five years to vet you to make sure that nothing bad happens.
0: So you want to make sure like, you know, the Bill Cosby stamp would have been a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. There
2: would have been a Bill Cosby stamp. No question.
0: Uh-huh. And then. Well, they still printed one for Janis Joplin. She's been dead for 40 years. Yeah. yeah but she, she, she also died of a drug lot of, overdose. Yeah,
2: exactly. And. Uh,
0: well, yeah. And, and Billy Holiday did too.
2: He died in a plane crash.
0: She. No, Billie Holiday. The singer. I know she was on one of the stamps.
2: Yeah, she was on a stamp. I didn't know she died of a drug overdose. Yeah.
0: No. And actually, Janice died. Uh, it was um, alcohol.
2: But drug of choice. Yeah.
0: yeah. But mm-hmm, these things happen. Now it's time for the Stamp Show here today, Museum Contribution. This week's topic was suggested by Aaron Huber. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. This week, our contribution is is a set of German Zeppelin stamps showing the three trips to the Chicago World's Fair, South America, and the polar flight. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're cool! For those of you who are unfamiliar with this speedy futuristic form of air travel, a Zeppelin was a type of rigid airship named after the German Count Ferdinand von Zeppelin, who pioneered its development at the beginning of the 20th century. If if you've ever seen the Goodyear blimp, that's what that is.
3: Yeah, but a blimp is not rigid. It's like an inflatable air mattress filled with helium. Back in the day, they used hydrogen, which is extremely flammable. And more rigid. (laughs) And less rigid.
2: Well, an interesting thing about the size of the Graf Zeppelin is, you know, the Goodyear blimp you've seen on TV floating around, that Goodyear blimp is the size of the tail fin of the Graf Zeppelin. So the Graf Zeppelin is huge.
3: So what you're saying is Count Von Zeppelin was huge in the design industry. Like he designed and co-invented the tube sock?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. After the outstanding success of Count Zeppelin's design, the word Zeppelin came to be commonly used to refer to all rigid airships. Zeppelins were first flown commercially in 1910 by D. Lag. Which is an acronym of the Deutsche Luftschiff... <laughs> yes. I am not happy with you right now. <laughs> Why
2: problem make when you no know problem have you don't want to make? It's an acronym like uh, Ocala okay. for anybody who watches Phineas and Ferb. Ocala is organization without a cool acronym. I thought, I thought Ocala
1: was a city in Florida.
3: It is. It is. I've been there.
0: Anyways, by mid-1914, de Lague had carried over 10,000 fair-paying passengers on over 1,500 flights. Wow. Yeah. Of course, during World War I, the German military made extensive use of zeppelins as bombers killing over 500 people in bombing raids. So from a satisfaction
2: standpoint, they're at about 75%. Huh?
1: Well, that makes zero sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In any regard,
2: they had 15,000 people fly over and 500 people die in air raids. So I'm
3: going to That's guess 1500 flights. That's 10,000 people. Oh, so uh-huh. so they have higher? No, it's a very small percentage. Very small. Oh.
2: Of dissatisfaction. Mhm. It's like 5%. So 90 f- 95% success rate. I would say satisfaction rate. Oh, satisfaction rate. Mm-hmm. In
0: 1919, the airships that were built had to be surrendered to the Allies under the terms of the Treaty of Versailles. The treaty also prohibited Germany from building any more. An exception was made, allowing the construction of one airship for the U.S. Navy so that the business didn't totally go under.
2: And that ship was called? Was that the Akron? Ac- the yeah, I, I don't know which which one did they make. I don't know Was the good ship Lollipop. The good ship.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have it in my notes, but I don't have it here. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is.
2: You're sitting in front of a computer while Scott's looking. Fine. Fun fact:
1: Anyone familiar around here with the city of Tustin? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know the two gigantic buildings? I have. Yeah, my in father
0: worked there back in the day. We're the blimp we're blimp, we're blimp were blimp hangers? I've been in them
1: i've never been in them that would be cool
0: they actually have their own atmosphere
1: yeah i've heard they can generate their own atmosphere like they they can actually have rain and stuff inside
0: they have it's amazing i mean they're something to see like when you're in them it blows your mind how huge these structures are
1: i hope they never tear them down they've done a lot of stuff over there since they took out the marine corps air station Mm
2: -hmm. and then they have one up in uh, san francisco area in san jose i think it doesn't have walls. It's just a, like a skeleton of a dirigible hangar. And I wonder wh- whether it's ever been used or <laughs> if it's just partially completed.
3: I'm just not finding it. I mean, I know they were, I, I know the U.S. Navy Zeppelins were numbered LZ1 to LZ5, but I can't find the name of LZ1.
0: In 1926, the restrictions on airship construction were lifted and work was started on the LZ-127 Graf Zeppelin. During the 1930s, the Graf Zeppelin and the larger LZ-129 Hindenburg operated regular transatlantic flights from Germany to North America and Brazil. Did you know that the Art Deco Spire of the Empire State Building was originally designed to serve as a mooring mast for Zeppelins? All good things come to an end. The Hindenburg disaster in 1937, along with political and economic issues, hastened the demise of the Zeppelins. As for us stamp collectors, in 1930, Graf Zeppelin stamps were issued by the United States Post Office. The stamps were valid for postage on the Pan American flight from Germany to the United States via Brazil. The set was marketed to collectors and was largely intended to promote the route with just under 95 percent of the revenue generated going to the Zeppelin Airship Works in Germany. The stamps were also issued as a gesture of goodwill towards Germany.
1: That didn't work so well.
2: (laughs) No, not so well. That's indisputable unless somebody disputes it.
0: The three stamps were used briefly and then withdrawn from sale and the remainder of the stock was destroyed. Due to the Great Depression and the high cost of stamps, most collectors could not afford to purchase them. Consequently, only about 227,000 of the stamps were sold, just 7% of the total print run, making them relatively scarce and highly prized by collectors. Seriously? Well, yeah. I mean...
1: All the time I've been looking at airmail stamps, I never knew why those were so expensive. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, yeah,
3: because of the (laughs) Depression... People couldn't afford them, and stamp collectors would protest against that and not buy them, even if they could afford them. And so after they went off sale, they destroyed the vast majority of them.
2: I wonder if because 95% of the money was supposed to go to Germany.
3: That's possible. That's Eh. another thing to protest. But Mm -hmm. um, they really didn't come into their own until the 1970s. Uh, They sold for postage or discount postage for many, many years into the '60s, at least, because they were very unpopular. Hmm. Just like the Colombians were unpopular in their day because of the high face value.
2: Oh, you yeah, there were Colombians collectors until 1920s. Yeah, Yeah,
3: collectors could not afford them, and they did not want to afford them, and so they had no place in anybody's album. Hmm. And it was just a protest. Yeah, And and then in the 1970s, they took off and they became one of the more liquid issues uh, being bought and sold between dealers yeah. for, for large sums of money. Today, the the Zeppelin set C-13 to C-15 uh, has a total catalog value never hinged at n- around $1,900 and used at about $1,140. But back in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, these sets were going for $10,000, $15,000 a piece.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So well,
2: if, if you go by grading, because I looked at this before. Well, I'm not
3: talking about grading. I mean, this; these are just raw sets. This is well before grading was even on the horizon.
2: There was a set that sold at, it was the offshot of Peter Kennedy. I forget which one that was. And uh, they always touted that it was the most expensive Zep set that ever sold. And it was never hinged. And they described it as superb. It went for $12,000.
3: And by today's standard, it was probably a uh, very fine set.
2: Yeah, well, if it was truly superb, if they sent it in and got it graded and they got superb grading today, it would be a fifty thousand dollars set. Yeah, so uh, I can't
1: afford them. So, yeah.
3: I mean, there's lots of other airmail stamps around the world where you look at it as well. There's only three known. Yeah, but there's only two collectors, so they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and and so. The catalog value is very modest. It might be 10 or $15 or $100. And it's just simply because there's no demand.
2: Yeah. You see that a lot with postal history.
3: Right. Well, the Zeppelins, on the other hand, there's a lot of demand because that's one of the key sets for a U.S. collection and for an airmail
2: collection. It has the cool factor. It does. It has a story. Yeah. It mm-hmm. has the cool factor. Right. So, Scott, other than that, uh, are there any other concerns about this that people should know about? Um, well, obviously,
3: there's regumming and reperforating concerns. And in this particular instance, reperforating is actually quite uncommon. And part of that has to do with the fact that these panes of stamps, with the, they did have printed guidelines, but they were perforated along the guidelines and then the the sheets were separated along the perforated guideline uh, into post office panes. So with no straight edges to re-perforate or to perforate, that that becomes much less of a a going concern. Yeah. Also, there were enough of them in the market, there are enough of them in the market, that what would you make it out of? There isn't anything else that you can make it out of. Right. So... Uh, unless it's been damaged in some way, the chances of reperforation are usually very small.
2: So if somebody screwed up a side or something like that, they may reperforate it to clean yeah, it up. Yeah, maybe it has
3: a short perf or something and they want to hide that, so mm-hmm. they want to move the perforations in. Or the other option would be if they want to improve the centering. And usually that can be detected because the stamp will have an overall small appearance anyway. But the other the other thing is uh, regumming, and that is definitely a concern. But mostly, you can detect that with just good magnification and, and being able to look at the gum. Uh, there is one other issue: the C15, the high value in the set, has been counterfeited, and it's got it's a there's a lithograph counterfeit out there. It's not really good. Um, the color's decent, but the impression isn't good. But it's easy to tell because it's lithographed and not engraved. These stamps are engraved. They have nice, generally clear uh, impressions. And so it's generally fairly easy to tell.
2: And then there's the 50 Center, which was issued for the Century of Progress,
3: which- Well, one one other note on the C-15 fake is um, that it generally sells for quite a bit of money. It's not an inexpensive fake, either. Mm -hmm. It's not as much as the genuine stamp Mm -hmm but it is a few hundred dollars. Oh, wow. So it it's definitely somebody who collects auxiliary material for their collection might want to put that in there as well. But you just have to make sure that you identify it properly so that somebody looking at your collection realizes that, hey, this is a fake and this mm-hmm. one's a genuine one. But you were saying about the Baby Zep?
2: The Baby Zep. Yeah, 50 center from the uh, 1933 Century of Progress. It shows the three-pointed building on it. forget what that was called. And then a Zeppelin hangar on the other side. Nobody, right. Nobody remembers what that building was called? Uh. Oh, well.
3: No.
0: It's probably, it's probably supposed to be I'd something like futuristic. It kind of looks like Oz or something. I didn't something. know it but had a name, so...
1: Yeah, because it, it well, uh, that's that's the one that's on the Century of Progress stamp. Well, yes. the
3: Century of Progress,
1: they had. I a big never exhi- put that together until I was looking at the picture. Yeah, you
2: had the one cent. They had a big exhibition. Dearborn that was some expert down. I am. They had, <laughs> they had a big
3: exhi- <laughs> exhibition, and so they built all these buildings just for the exhibition, and that was one of the buildings that housed, um, futuristic and and that type of uh, science fiction type.
2: It stored things. stuff that required three points to store.
3: No, it was space it was supposed to be, you know, space age and yeah. modern looking and
2: Oh, it definitely looks modern. You know,
3: forward forward thinking design and all of that. But that was the whole purpose of you know, it was visually uh, visually unique. Mm-hmm. But the the nice thing about the, the baby app is there were way, way, way more stamps issued. They had, a, you know, their issue number was close to 325,000, of which I don't believe they really destroyed any of them. So it's much more common, has catalog value of 90 bucks. half of that used. And it does come, I mean, they, all of the Zeppelins come well centered uh, on occasion, just like any other issues from that era.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So. Uh, you just take some searching to find them.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure when Richard comes on, he's going to say that, you know, quality is the number one. So if you buy one for 90 bucks, make sure that it's in good condition with nice gum and everything like that. Cause right. And otherwise they're cheap.
3: According to the catalog, 90 bucks would be for a very fine or in PSE system, grade 80, um, which on a larger margin stamp is not necessarily, uh, the greatest looking although the margins are well clear on all the sides and uh it's usually off center in two directions yep so um my opinion is catalog prob- could probably still go down a little bit on that um realistically you're going to pay if you're going to pay full catalog most dealers offer these stamps for less than catalog value
2: i see them on ebay in the 45 to 50 range all the time yeah
3: so uh, to get a, a nice XF or VFXF stamp uh, $90 would be more appropriate
2: yeah well there were also a bunch of other stamps with zeppelins on it obviously from Germany
3: well Germany would be just the first country many countries issued zeppelin stamps
2: including the set that we're putting in our museum except (laughs) except that these
3: zeppelin sets were overprinted. And have been faked.
2: Actually, these I think are total fake, right?
3: Well, yeah, yeah. These are total fakes
2: because the the real set would cost about eighty seven hundred bucks, and the set that we're putting in the museum is about two dollars and fifty cents, if I recall,
3: <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something something very inexpensive. On the back of these stamps, since they are complete forgeries, uh, it's basically printed. There, there's a printing on top of the gum. ...that identifies it as a forgery or a fake.
2: I think it says Nordestruck or something Nach- like that. Nach Nachstruck. 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 Yes.
3: So if you see that on the back of the stamp, obviously it's identifying it as a fake. But if you buy these mint and you see a disturbance toward the bottom on the gum, that little imprint can be scraped off with the gum. So if it's got gum but it's got a disturbance that can tell you that it was probably removed or if it has no gum then you gotta really look because it it will soak off with the gum so it's very important if you're gonna collect these forgeries to collect them with full gum and with the imprint intact and be wary they also I, I I hate to say this but the used ones they take these and they put fake cancels on them soak off the gum and they pass them off as used Mm. And so you have to know your German cancels as well and because the German, the, the used ones can really fool you.
2: Especially so, if they're on cover.
3: Oh, absolutely. Because, because
2: then you can't see the back of it in any case. Well,
3: it wouldn't. I mean, used without gum or on a cover doesn't matter. On a cover would actually be easier because then you can see the whole postmark. Yeah. Whereas uh, if it was just a used single, you may not be able to see the postmark. Uh, or enough of the postmark to determine whether it's genuine or not. And so that could be a concern, trying to identify them.
0: There are also many Zeppelin stamps from other countries. Basically every country that a Zeppelin ever landed in has had a Zeppelin stamp. From Brazil to tiny Liechtenstein, the U.S. to Soviet Russia... There are many Zeppelin stamps to collect if you take on this fantastic topic. So I think we crashed this one. Anyone have anything else to add? This is terrible. This
2: is one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it it's the great, four or five hundred feet into the sky. It is it's a terrific race,
1: ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and enslave now, and the flame rising to the ground.
2: Not quite to the mooring mass. Oh, the humanity is...
0: So, we get emails, so summon the answer squad. From Facebook, Melanie Rogers writes, Love to talk about Cuba, but the discussion about how awful recent stamp designs ran long. It was a real downer.
3: I have to agree. I keep telling Cash when he edits these things to make it shorter.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, this is uh, she's a big wig at Chicago Packs. So I'm sorry I didn't um, get to see you. Next year, I'll see you. But yeah, well, we're going to try to be more uplifting in the future.
0: Another on Facebook, Joseph Wetmore sent us a picture of a page from an album. And it looks like a Scott's album about the NRA stamp.
2: Yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, We were discussing the NRA stamp with Charles when we were at Chicago Packs. And this one actually says, United States Propaganda Issues. And then it has the NRA stamp a spot for it. So it actually denotes this as a propaganda issue. That's cool. Yeah. By the way, on Facebook, um, if you want to friend me, uh, go ahead and send me a little burst. I have 5,000 friends and you can only have one, so... If you, uh, you you can only have one friend? You can only have one friend? No, you can only have 5,000. So if, if you uh, get, just drop me a little message, I'll cu- call somebody off and uh, you can join.
3: You'll unfriend somebody? Watch, it'll be me. <sighs> I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> why would I want a friend like that? Aww. Oh. And Neil Kroll wrote, Collecting while lifting and listening to Stamp Show here today in the home gym more information than I think we wanted. But thank you. Thank you for the post. One last one from Facebook. SnailMailSurprise.com wrote, Remember that today's nice envelopes can become philately treasures of tomorrow. So never stop sending snail mail. And if you want to add fun in your correspondence habits, please visit the new website www.SnailMailSurprise.com where you discover an original way to send your letters. No login, no subscription, no password. Nothing else but the pleasure of sending and receiving paper letters differently.
2: And on that note... I have an item. Uh, Stamp Show here today has started a Kiva team. And for those of people who don't you're know... You're supposed to talk about your Azabuzano. I'm going to put that in the beginning. I have an uh, an item. Stamp Show here today has started a Kiva team. For those of you who don't know, Kiva is not a donation service. It's a loan uh, service where they loan make micro loans to people in third world countries that then they repay. Almost all of them are business causes. The loans are between a hundred and three thousand dollars. You do not you donate a small amount. It's like twenty five bucks. It's the giving season, so. Uh, I invite everybody to go to Kiva, click on Kiva, click on the Lend button, pick somebody who you think is worthy, and then when it asks you for your checkout, put down your in Team stamp show here today. It's a great thing. Read up about it. I'm going to be hitting you people up from time to time on this because I think it's a really great website. I've been with it for eight years. So I'm going to rattle everybody's cages every now and then. By the way, at the end you get your money back. Read up more on it at Kiva.com KIVA dot com.
0: We would like to thank the following for information used in this podcast. Wikipedia, Kimmore Stamps Online, Golostamps.com, Blogspot.com. And again, thank you to our good friend Bob Dumain at Stam Houston Philatelics.
1: Stam? Sam Houston. Stam. We love you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we don't know the name of your store.
0: <laughs> <does die. clears throat> and again, thank you to our good friend Bob Dumain at Sam Houston Philatelics. Go to www shpauctions.com and sign up for their free email newsletter. Also contribute to the Stamp Show Here Today Kiva team at kiva.com Thank you for joining us for episode 104. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom and I'm your host Dawn. You can reach us with your questions or comments at our website at stampshowheretoday.com Watch us on YouTube Post a comment or follow us on Facebook or leave a message on our Google Voice number one nine four nine eight seven three four two nine eight. You can also ask the experts stamp questions directly at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. And as always, keep collecting.
3: This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurfs, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at com today.
1: Hi, this is Bob Prager with Gary Poser Incorporated, and we're in Long Island, New York, and New Jersey. And our philosophy of Gary Poser Incorporated is this. We would rather pay very fair prices on 9 out of 10 collections that we look at versus trying to just... Or for very low prices on one out of two and making a big score. That's never our philosophy. So if you want to be treated fairly, please give us a call anytime at 800 323 4279. And again, my name is Bob Prager.